Welcome to Sugar and Ink, a podcast about living the plus side of life. Hi, I'm Sugar. And I'm Samara. And welcome to the Sugar and Ink podcast. Today we're going to be talking about how to repurpose the content that you're generating so that you can maximise it across as many channels as possible. It's a good topic to make sure that people are kind of using their time effectively rather than trying to create something for every channel brand new, which sucks so much effort yeah i call like content generation for social media like the hungry hungry hippo because you could you could spend 24 hours a day generating content and still not have enough even though you've spent your entire life generating content you'd still be like uh i don't know if this is gonna work like yeah yeah so i think it's important that if you're creating stuff and that you be able to take like say one video day or one photo day and turn it into, you know, a couple of weeks or a month's worth of content. So Absolutely. So what's your, um, like what advice do you give to clients when they ask you about this topic? Yeah, I, um, I don't mind them taking photos and like reporting on stuff on the fly a bit like how you mentioned in that episode about how you guys, deal with the legislation stuff as it comes in. Um, But I definitely recommend that they keep a bit of a like stockpile of images and video. So um, I say at least sort of once a month, they should be creating photos or video to keep that stockpile bumping along. And obviously if it's something more like a blog, then that's not going to be enough. But if you're a small business and you're getting a decent amount of coverage out of that day, then that should really supplement your day-to-day stuff really like quite well. So yeah. Yeah. What yeah. about you guys? Um, so with us, I try to reuse uh, photos. So I repurpose particularly volunteer photos mm-hmm. of our volunteers in lovely Vinnie's aprons. Yeah. Um, and I find that because we don't have kind of like I've spoken about this before, we don't have like a Fred Hollows or like yeah. one person who just there's so much recognition in. We have to make sure that we use our brand colors and our lo- and our logo on our aprons yeah. um, consistently. And it doesn't hurt to use the same volunteer over and over yeah. again because sometimes then people um, associate that volunteer with Vinnie's so it's just like putting a new quote over the top or putting some new um like text to go with it in a Facebook post but I'm definitely not afraid of using the same post sort of the same photo multiple times particularly because we post if you're posting so often you kind of can use the same photo a few times because not everyone's seeing it anyway I think yeah I think that's the most important thing I I came across that in an article or something somewhere that was like, well, you're complaining about your reach, but what you don't realize is that just gives you an opportunity to repeat content or repurpose in, like you said, I can share the same blog post with four different like intros into it or uh, photos into it or whatever. And the majority of people on my page are never going to see every single one of them. Exactly, exactly. Even someone who's super committed to the page isn't going to see everything that you post unless they go to the page and scroll for it. So exactly, yeah, I think that's important for people to remember when you're repurposing. You may feel like you've seen it over and over again, 
but most people on the page won't. Um, yeah. No, and I think um, by reusing the same stuff as well, you're creating a consistency. So when someone sees something, even if they have seen it before, they go, oh, that's sugar. Finis. Yeah. Or, yeah. oh, that's Finney's or, oh, yeah. that's whatever. Um, and, yeah, I don't think that – people like I don't think you should have the pressure that you have to create something new every single time yeah because yeah it's unrealistic in terms of time and the consistency to have the same photo used often enough that someone looks at it and knows that's your brand photo like the photos you do of yourself Mm. I feel like I've seen them a lot but I like that I've seen them a lot. I like that as soon as I see it, I know, I don't even have to see who the post is from, you know, the little click link to your page. I know it's you. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where those styled um, images and photo shoots and that really work well because it starts to brand like quite specifically, like you said, and you start to get to know. And I noticed that on those images that they start to lose their effectiveness after a little while and that's mm-hmm. when it's time to restock, you know. Yeah. Um, I say that I work with a clothing brand and we can really tell when people have seen the images enough, like we either have to reshoot something or, you know, if we've still got so- uh, stock of it to sell, it has to be reshot so that way mm-hmm. it refreshes the whole thing. So. Yeah. In that sense, it's really important. And when you're repurposing, you will start to get to know, okay, well, the engagement on this is starting to decline or I'm just Mm. not getting the response I was getting or was expecting to get. So that's when it's like, okay, well, we need to look at creating a new batch of photos, which now that I've nearly got my hair where I want it to be, (laughs) maybe I will. But I know the grey hair photos, they were just so great. so great I love those photos because I feel like your hair the white background and the pops of black in like some of your um fixtures and stuff yeah (laughs) Yeah. I really love that Mm. I just yeah they they were really great photos I think repurposing photos is definitely easy to do and people shouldn't be afraid to do it yeah and something else that we do is we repurpose quotes Mm -hmm. so if a quote does really really well yeah I just kind of keep a note of that and then reuse that quote maybe one or two months later with just a different background whether it's a different color background or an image to go with it um and then I know that that's going to do strongly yeah yeah they're definitely um we do that a bit with Kelvin's page where we re um republish people's reviews um Mm. and create a little like quote card sort of image where it has the people's reviews and we share it and we're like thanks so much we love doing this or this is why we love you know people or whatever it's going to be and I do find that when one of those is performing really well it's better to reuse it than go to something else so yeah a hundred percent and I think that's important too people forget that those testimonials and reviews that people are leaving actually are great content to repurpose so they're not they shouldn't just live on your website and die there you can definitely be using them in social media and in quotes email footers just everywhere really yeah and that then probably comes to the next thing people could do is to repurpose um 
like client photos. So yeah. if someone, if you sell a product, if someone takes a photo of their kid wearing that product or them wearing mm-hmm. it or using it, repurposing that. Because usually yeah. if they put it on social media, they're quite fine with you resharing that as yeah. long as you maybe link back to their um, social media page. Yeah. But, yeah, reusing it that way and then not just reusing it on social but then reuse it in your email comms, reuse it on your website, re, yeah. like just just put it everywhere. Yeah, I think – and that's really important. People get very scared of sharing customer photos. But yeah. um, I think as long as you're willing to ask permission or while they're there get a photo with them, take a selfie, whatever you're doing depending on your industry – I think if you're not asking, then you've already shut yourself down. So yeah. it's really important to take that content that other people are creating for you and turn it into usable and reusable content for your social media. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely it just doesn't hurt. makes life so much easier. <laughs> and there's a little bit of um, like peer endorsement that comes with that with someone else's photo or someone's yeah. review is it's not just you talking about how wonderful your or brand or businesses, yeah. but it's someone else talking about it. You're just resharing it. Yeah, and it's why it's so important um, to really start to reach out to those influencers, whether they're just a mum in your circle. So say you're a local business and you want to get in, tap into that mum market and you just have a bit of a look and see, well, who's your alpha mum? And, you know, get in touch, offer a free coffee if you're a coffee shop or whatever and just get that opportunity to have that content created for you and I think there's huge opportunities there because some people are just really good especially young people who have Mm -hmm. lived it their whole lives they're really good at capturing products in a real lifestyle environment and you know most people completely undervalue what they do and where you know you could say in one episode, I'm talking about charging what you're worth. And then the next, I'm like, take advantage of social media influences <laughs> and get them to do it for free. <laughs> but it's all about that. You know, if someone asks to be paid, pay them, you know, because guaranteed right. it's going to come out in the wash. Um, yeah. So many people are undervalued that it's like, get them creating content for you. You know, if yeah. you, as soon as a business says to me, we don't have time to do that. I'm like, okay, well, here are the options. You can, you know, ship out your products. You can do this. You can do that. Like, yeah, it's about getting that stuff created and then utilising it, like we said, across as many platforms as it works for. Yeah, and that, I mean, that's as well just like altering something for that platform. So just changing that image size so it looks nicer on Instagram than Facebook and maybe adding text over it because I feel like for Facebook – text over images works really really well sometimes but not necessarily for instagram people aren't yeah. on instagram for that yeah that may it's have funny that's isn't not it? what i'm there for yeah it's funny though because remember you used to get and i think you still do you get penalized on facebook for having text over an image when you're advertising but it yeah. does so well it's like it does so well keep up dude people love it oh so i love it and I hate when it's like, I think the limit's like 20% or something. Yeah. 20%. Yeah. They've got that little grid guideline thing. And it's like, yeah. if this was all text in my background, that would be too much text because it's taking over this square, that square, this square. 
even though it's an image, it's not actually text. It'd be like, yeah. you've been sin binned, you know? I hate it. Yeah. Grid of death, I hate it. <laughs> Grid of death. <laughs> Jeez, that sounds terrifying. It does. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so another thing that I've noticed about repurposing content since I've started doing video is I every time I edit a video, I think about what a huge opportunity there is to be cutting, like, short quote sort of video uh, like sections out of a longer video you know Mm -hmm. creating a 60 second video for instagram or a 30 to 60 second video for facebook or something for my story every time i'm editing a photo uh video i'm like oh there's such a huge opportunity to repurpose what i'm doing here and i'm just falling into that camp of i'm just not getting around to doing it you know yeah yeah, there's so much content there. Like, if you think about video, how many little snippets you could grab out of, like, something like this that's 30 minutes long, how many 30 or 60-second clips that would be perfect for Instagram, Facebook, yeah. wherever, that are in there and they're hiding and would really promote what we're trying to do here. Yeah. But it's just, yeah, it's finding that time to dig it out and put it in and, yeah, just making yeah. it happen. And I think that's probably where people get a bit stuck is Mm. the time. So, yes, that repurposing I think would be great. And obviously obviously that could take forever Mm. to do that or not forever but take (laughs) a long time. And then people might go, it's just easier for me to find an image and and post an image than it is to do that. But I suppose it's looking at the value of um, and what what you're actually capable of doing in your time. I think I was thinking about it the other day and how I could outsource it in terms of videos and stuff. And I'm thinking what I'm going to start to do is just when I'm doing the final review to make sure that the video has been exported properly, Mm. I'm going to write down the timestamp of anything that I think, oh, that would be a good standalone bit. And then even if I never get to it, because finding it tough, the struggle, you know, finding it amongst that however many hours of Mm. content. Um, (laughs) And then I can easily outsource that list to someone and be like, okay, well, my YouTube videos are all there or make them available on a Dropbox and say, okay, I want, you know, this section up to, you know, cut it where it's relevant sort of thing. But, yeah, I just think the right person with a really good eye for a bit of video editing would be quite good at taking my, okay, this is the key point, this is the key point, and turning that into something that I could repurpose. For sure. And they could be, like, 15. I don't care. Yeah. (laughs) You know, as long as they legally can work. I don't want (laughs) to be clear. (laughs) Yeah, I think that definitely is something for people to think about is when repurposing, mm. whose time is more valuable? Valuable Is it yours to then yeah. do something else? So outsource it or at the stage that your business is in, are you it? Like yeah. the money that you're making, does it, you know, because I, I find that people have that discussion and this is a little bit separate to repurposing content about like whose time is worth more and they always say you should always outsource but for people who are doing this on a shoestring budget yeah them physically doing the repurposing is is potentially all they have at that time you know that's really where when you're working for yourself and doing it yourself you have to be like okay yeah it hurts now i'm taking two hours to edit 
little videos that could, you know, that I could be doing something else. And let's face yeah. it, for most of us, we watch way too much TV and other shit anyway. Exactly. So, you know, we've got the two that. hours. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's important. And, mm. um, and as much as possible, you should be doing it to save yourself time, even though up front it feels like it's costing you greatly. <laughs> yeah, I think and then that kind of feeds into, I think, the how you plan to repurpose. Like, Correct. is it something you build into your workflow? Is it like you were saying you put aside a day and do your regular shoots? Do yeah. you, like, yeah, how people should look at planning for repurposing, which I think your point is valid. You don't, it might feel like it costs you time, but in the long run it will save you time. And it's yeah. doing that calculation and seeing if that is true. Yeah. And sometimes it's just testing that. Yeah. Because, you know, people might not want the videos. Yeah. Short version. So realistically, if I made five and I tested them, like I would know pretty quickly whether or not people are going to find value in short little 30 to 60 second videos. Exactly. You know? It, and then you know whether to keep doing it or not. Yeah, exactly. And I, my instinct is they would. <laughs> like that's my. Yeah, my instinct says the same. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> you know? I feel like we would like that, so therefore yeah, others yeah. would like that. <laughs> yeah, and I think because you know, even in a conversation like we're having here, there's so many little like gaps of not gaps, little um, chunks of conversation that could stand alone. You know, sure. we. We move from one thing to another and you think, oh, yeah, well, that was five minutes. It could easily be its own YouTube video, you know, <laughs> rather than one 40-minute, like, extravaganza. Which 100%. I'm trying to teach myself to do that a bit with the content that I'm creating on YouTube is yeah. the longer format is fine, but some days when I record, what I actually have got is two or three videos that – yeah, I just need to chill out on the 15 minute plus section and start raining <laughs> it in, you know, do yeah. the short quick ones. Yeah, yeah. give people some bite sized stuff that they can consume. You know, yeah. who has 40 minutes anymore just to be like, hey, video. <laughs> I think um, video is a good one to talk about, particularly like um, the live. So uh, YouTube has YouTube live now. Facebook yeah. has had Facebook live for a while. Instagram does live. Yeah. And if Twitter, people... I think, even had some version of live. Periscope. Someone said, "Oh, that was separate." Yeah, it was, nah. yeah, it was connected through Periscope Twitter, uh, so it would notify your followers. Uh, I did wonder how that worked because Periscope mm. died a pretty speedy death, didn't it? Oh, but it was like the next big thing. Uh, like people a... felt like it was, and I don't know how it could have been. To be yeah, honest, yeah, I think the biggest thing that they always had a problem with with Periscope were the creepers you know there was no way to moderate like you'd get on there and live view people being like take your clothes off shut the fuck up and just get naked and you're like um i'm actually talking about you know web design today (laughs) i'm not gonna be naked today so i would get some weird ones like show me your feet and it's like I'm not into feet. I don't even know Stop. how creepers get on a platform that fast. <laughs> like So quick. How did they so know quick. that was the new place to be to be creepy? I was like. it's. I think it's old school for the creepers. If you think about camming and stuff, it's just yeah. like a version of that. It's I know, but they leapt on it. Like they were there more than anyone. <laughs> <laughs> there must have been people feeding into it. Yeah, like as in, quick, get your butt to Periscope. You can see like people's feet over there. 
Yeah, so with the Facebook Live, what we've done before is um, because you get the video file saved mm. to the device that you use and then it sits on your page for however long you'd like it to. Yeah. Um, so we then have used it to upload that to our YouTube channel to then link to it on our website or embed it on the website okay. on our yeah. website under stuff and then um, link to it in our email comms as well. So that one Facebook Live that was – it was a half an hour Q&A turned yeah. into something we could use across everything to help get the message out further because yeah. you don't want to just rely on people who can who can watch you while the live's on. Yes. You want to be able to send it out to them afterwards because not everyone can just drop everything at, say, 5 p.m. Yeah. to watch it. Yeah. Um, you want to be able to send it on and continue to get whatever the messages you're talking about out there. That might not be for every Facebook Live. Yeah. But it certainly doesn't hurt if you feel like you did one and it was amazing yeah. and you had great questions come up or something, reusing that in as many ways as possible. Yeah, because if you think about it, every single question becomes an opportunity for a shorter format video. Yeah. You know, you could easily break down a live video, put a little card at the front and at the back that's like, quick question, this is the question. You know, yeah. this is the answer, a bit of an end screen done. Like, yeah, yeah I just think there's a huge amount of value in Q&A stuff because mm -hmm. especially in terms of if you're looking to increase your search visibility, so on YouTube or Google, on your website or whatever, because if you can say the question is and we've answered it, then people searching for that question, they only really want you to answer it. That's right. You know, the rest of the stuff is like, keeping your subscribers and your existing customers happy, those mm -hmm. search opportunities are where it really comes to draw people into your business. So, yeah, if you're doing a Q&A, you can, that's, that's a great use of a Q&A. Like whether oh, you're reposting sure. it or whether you're cutting it up into a million tiny pieces. <laughs> I love but, it. Yeah. And then something that I think you do a lot is like batching photos. Yeah. Batching the photos, batching content and stuff like that. So if I'm writing for a day, I immediately start to plan what sort of images I'm going to need. Um, and basically I start to think about while I'm writing it, how I'm going to share it out there. Mm -hmm. So um, that's something I got better at when I started making YouTube videos because they're so clear about you have to have a really clear header heading and description thumbnail that sort of stuff so it's yeah. like almost reverse engineering what you want your outcome or whatever to be and then going from there so that everything's posed as um, a question or there's little sections that you can pull out to use to promote the post and mm -hmm. just things like that so for me, as soon as I write something, I, it becomes quite clear to me which sentence or two I could use to promote. Yeah, and then there's the images, obviously. It's a huge deal for me to batch images. I don't have time every single day to take every single photo, you know, at all. So yeah. I need a database of images. And so, yeah, I just go about batching those, making sure I've got a stockpile there. And then, you know... I make sure I have landscape and portrait of most images so that way, you know, portrait's going to work better some places. 
landscape will work better elsewhere. For sure. That yeah. sort of thing. Um, how do you guys collect that sort of imagery? Do you do it on a like fortnightly basis or how are you collecting it? Um, it's just relied upon when the states manage to get their next round of corporate photos taken. Mm-hmm. So um, so once I've got them, it's very similar. I just reuse the buggery out of them um, <laughs> until I get the next lot because yeah. I don't know when it's going to happen. Um, and some can be not ideal because a, a volunteer or a staff member might move on yeah. that we then have to stop using them as well. Yeah. Um, so sometimes they do come with a caveat as to you can only use this for this amount of time, yeah. which also puts some limitations on what we can do. But I have built up a really good um, stock imagery library mm-hmm. that has, you know, most of our colours are in the images. So there's strong blues. Um, yeah. And we just repurpose those across whatever that we're doing. So we have print publications and our digital and pretty much anyone can use them Yeah. so that people aren't, we aren't reinventing the wheel for other areas yes. of the organisation. So Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, for other versions of marketing because realistically digital marketing is the hungriest and then from there you've got like internal and you've got, you know, your website and you've got, well, that's part of digital, but, you know, newsletters or magazines yeah. or when you have to submit a photo with a, um article or something. Yeah. 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 Annual reports. There's like millions. Yes, millions reports. and millions. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just annual crying reports. on the inside. Annual reports are the worst. I hate annual reports. They're just, anyway. Yeah. I don't have to do one again, which will be good. Yeah, yeah. you can repurpose a lot of, like, content that you've used throughout the year in an annual mm. report if you're smart about it. Yeah, or yeah. vice versa because the yeah. for me this each state has to do their own and they use yeah. case studies and all that sort of stuff. So I'll actually go through their publications to find stuff that hasn't been sent to me yeah. and then repurpose that. So you don't even have to look at what you're doing yourself online. You can repurpose other people's stuff. Yeah. So, that's and so I think, important. Yeah, I think that would work for other businesses in that if you see, if there's a news article that's relevant, repurpose someone's news article. Yeah. Because they've done all the hard work and talked about something, you can just share it and be like, I love this. Yeah. Share. This is great. You're going <laughs> to yeah. love this. And yeah. yeah, and if you've picked the right thing, your audience is going to love it and be like, right. yeah, this is super helpful. Thanks for being so helpful. And, That's yeah, right. that leaves an impact. Yeah. Absolutely. And that means people are more likely, if you in the future post something helpful that they like, they're more likely to engage again yes. yeah. next time you share something. So it's yeah. a win-win. Yeah, I think that's important. I've seen a lot of people do that sort of badly in the sense that they see a link and they're sharing it before they've really taken the time to read it and work out what the hell's actually in that article and stuff like that. I think it's really important if you're sharing other people's content that, A, you take a look at where it's coming from, the site or, you know, news outlet or whatever, and making sure you want to be associated with them and then from there making sure you're reading that article even you know go as far as take a quick look at who the author is and what other stuff they've written I think yeah especially because I do a bit of work in insurance and financial services and stuff like that it's really important to not be associating their brand with someone who could be deemed to be like 
giving bad advice, I guess. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. 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 For smaller bloggers and stuff like that, I would maybe mention to them that you're going to share it. Um, for larger organisations, I wouldn't bother. Um, yeah. Just because they expect you to share. If you contacted them and said, I'm going to share this post, they'd be like, whoop de doo for you. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for the FYI, not. <laughs> yeah, no one cares, lady. Do what you want. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. It helps. It also helps um, build connections for the future. Like, yeah. if. If you, if a company publishes something you've written or you publish something of a small business, then there's definitely open doors for future collaboration when you've had yeah. a positive interaction yeah. like that. Yeah, I think absolutely. And you can, yeah, you start to get to know who the people are who's, you know, republishing. Absolutely. Yeah, so I think like um, in summarising all the information we've given, it's just about every time you take a new photo or yeah. even if you see or read something you like, it's thinking about how you might reuse that again. Yeah. So with every photo, you think about what life does that photo have? Can you use it for weeks? Do you use it occasionally so it has a bit more longe- longevity? Yeah. Um, and not being afraid to reuse the same photo. I wouldn't do it back to back. Yeah. Like back to back days. Yeah. But definitely don't be afraid once a week you could reuse a photo, depending how often you're posting, yeah. sharing stuff that you think that you read online that you think is interesting and from a source that you think is credible. Um, and if you if you're Facebook living or doing videos, how you can cut that up into a million pieces to reuse yeah. in a million different ways. Yeah. And Perfect. I think that's it. That's it. Yeah. If you have any questions about content repurposing, if anything wasn't clear, if you want any more ideas about how we break down our content, if you have questions for Samara or I, leave them in the comments. If you're on SoundCloud or iTunes, feel free to tweet us. The information is at the end of the episode and we look forward to talking to you next time. Bye. (laughs) Bye -bye. (laughs) Bye-bye. For today's show notes, you can visit our website, www.sugarandink.com. You can also send us in any questions or topics you would like us to cover at hello at sugarandink.com. You can connect with us on social media using at sugarcoated and at blondinkaus.